Mikey, Tene Hotaka, welcome panel family. You are on the panel. Lovely to be with you, Wallace Chapman here. Just some traffic for you for Wellington State Highway and Glenside southbound. There's a slip, so the on-ramp is now closed to southbound traffic due to a slip. Please use an alternative route and expect delays. That's State Highway 1, Glenside southbound. Wellington. Also, Canterbury, the left westbound lane remains blocked at the Inses Road intersection on State Highway 76, all power due to a truck roll. So take care there. On the show, National is to restart live exports of cattle with what they call gold standard animal welfare rules. A ban on the practice came into force this week. Where do you sit on live animal exports? I want to know. That just after four. The government has announced major changes to the cost of getting a driver's license. We talk about that. And the big banks have been outshone by the minnows. The Cooperative Bank and TSB, they're at the top. Are you happy with them if you're with them? And who are they? Also, backyard chickens today. A reminder from Kawaro District Council that residents need a $25 a year poultry license uh, to keep backyard chooks, and that sparked outrage. Also today, the coronation celebrations means the creation of a signature dish. What is it? Is it crab mornay? No. Is it turbot on the bone? No. It's the biggest day in your life. What do you serve them? You serve them quiche. I mean, quite honestly, who likes quiche? So we get a pro in, Julie Buso, no less, to help us explain this underwhelming dish. Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Linda Hallinan, gardening journalist and author. Linda, great to have you on. Kia ora. And Alan McElroy, comedian, crack-up quiz supreme leader. Alan, welcome. Hello, thanks. And every time I try and um, oh, I try and get go. you, <laughs> I try and get you, don't I, with a quiz? You do, you've got yeah. them. You've got them right every single time, but not today. Okay, are you ready? All right, go. Okay, in Little Red Riding Hood. Oh God, here we go. Who does the wolf dress up as? The grandmother. Easy. This is cosplay. Do you know what I mean? Reverse cosplay. <laughs> It's too easy for you, isn't it? I, know. Oh, I right. just read that today. I read it every single day. Okay. Now, the face of New Zealand's veterans are changing. <coughs> That's the message RSA wants to put out there, this poppy appeal. It's Poppy Day this Friday and funds raised to support veterans of operational deployments in our Defence Force We don't, who don't just look like the elderly men who have served in wars long ago. They also look like 34-year-old Ryan Gilbert, who is the president of McKinsey RSA. He's with me now. Ryan, welcome to the panel. Okay, Wallace. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on, Ryan. I've been reading about your story. And New Zealand has created over 60,000 veterans of military service since 1990. That includes you. Tell me and tell your panellists a little about uh, your operational deployments with the NZDF. Yeah, so I joined the Army in 2006. Um, it was when I was 17. And, of course, we just uh, watched on TV in 2001, the September 11th attack. So, um, of course, yeah, around the time when I was looking to, to leave high school and, and get into something, I chose to go off and join the New Zealand Army. Uh, I served in the Army for uh, over 15 years, and the deployments that went on came, uh, came yeah, very quick and fast. So within my first year in the Army, I deployed to the Kingdom of Tonga, in 2006, and in, in December, there was a big riot in the CBD and a big fire, so that was my first deployment. Um, 
then the following year, we were straight into deploying to East Timor. So that was my first six-month deployment there in Dili. Um, I turned 19 over there. And yeah. two years later, deployed to Afghanistan on my first mission there and followed up by uh, 2012, uh, being flown over as a reserve for the Afghanistan mission that happened. Um, we had two that were killed in, of course, the Battle of Bagkak on the 4th of August, and then three who were killed um, a day after I got there on the 19th of August. So... Yeah, it was that, that, that last deployment to Afghanistan was a big one, and we were also the last rotation of um, troops to the New Zealand Provincial Reconstruction Team. Yeah. What I understand was that last deployment there, you had spent eight months in Afghanistan, an extraordinary long time, uh, you know, driving around in areas where IEDs attacked, uh, happened fairly frequently, always on alert. Uh, you recall, you say, the intense fear. Um Coming home, this deployment particularly, it affected you, both physically but also mentally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a really long deployment, and, and typically, um, the New Zealand Defence Forces and deploy personnel overseas for longer than that six months duration because of the intensity of operations and things like that. Um, it was just a time where yeah, we all had to really give as much as we could to to make sure that the mission could still carry on, and I'd volunteered to stay for that extra time, and of course. Um, yeah, with all the changes that happened on our way home, including our withdrawal from Afghanistan and all the considerations to do with refugees as well as our um, interpreters at the time, um, yeah, it did make it absolutely challenging. And um, coming home for me, it was one where, yeah, I really had to um, do what I could to, to look after myself mentally. And in the years that followed that, just noticed, uh, yes, and things started to recur a lot more, a lot more depression, anxiety. Uh, my physical injuries came from, yeah, from long-time service in the infantry, carrying, yeah, heavy equipment and packs all the time, all the time spent training between... Um, operations and whatnot. So, yeah, it took me a long time to yeah. really get my head into what was going on for myself. Right, Ryan, we've got a panel with us. They might uh, uh, want a question or a thought there. Linda? Well, I think any any money that's raised from the Poppy Appeal, I think people understand it goes to returned veterans. And, you know, why not? What difference does it make, really, if you're a recent veteran or back in the day? I think everyone needs help, don't they? And support, it's such a massive change to go from being in the military to being a civilian again, I suspect. And you talked about that, Ryan, didn't you? It was actually that change. In fact, uh, you started getting, and let's be honest, you started drinking quite a bit too because you just, you'd kind of lost your identity. Absolutely. And the ways in which we all cope with stress, I mean, everyone deals with, with stress in, in different ways. Um, I think at the time for myself, this was 10 years ago, um, yeah, the solutions available were the ones that kind of felt right at the time, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, and, of course, we can uh, we can talk to our mates um, it was also noticing in the years to follow that that cannot that just can't continue on like that. Just started to do a, have a lot more compounding stress. Wasn't really getting at the underlying things of yeah. the trauma of losing friends and um, being in a third world place like that, and just seeing um, yeah, seeing how, how desperate things can be. So it, re- it really did take a while. And yeah, thank you, Linda, for saying and for pointing that out because that's the modern relevance of the RSA is that collections for the Poppy Trust go towards. Um, the welfare services for soldiers. We have a lot of soldiers who were wounded um, quite severely um, and a lot of soldiers who served on operations and had a lot of injuries and things really just compound over the years and life after service and transitioning into a new job. It's, a, it's quite a big thing and it does take quite a bit of time and, and some guidance and advice from, from people who understand. Uh, in a very <clears throat> kind of divided society that we live in now, uh, obviously what you did is great, but do you get any, like, do you ever come across any anti-war people or people that are against that? Do you get What sort of reaction have you got from, or have you got a reaction from that side of the crowd? Um, I 
haven't been deliberately or No, Ryan, you're cracking up there a little bit uh, yourself and reception. Can you just move to the left or right a bit? And uh, yep. there you go. Yep. I'll, yep. Yep. I'll show around a big wee bit. Good on you. Um, yeah, I'm all yeah. Oh, no, Ryan, I'm sorry. You're, you're cracking up. Can we just have one final uh, punt there? Uh, while we've got you, and if you just um, go to another part of the room, if you like, <laughs> yep. um, let's, sure. get, let's get to the number of it while we have you. Um, what um, would you like the message to be? Uh, on this poppy appeal day, I would like the message. The message from myself is that I would really like all the veterans who served over all the deployments to Afghanistan, Solomon Islands, East Timor, and every, all the deployments. I can't name. There's just been so many to all the, so many different countries and operations across all the services. I just really ask everyone to yeah participate and join in your RSA if you have a. You know, if you have a project or something to work on, or you have friends and family who you know really need that support, then yeah, really get into it. We can, uh, yeah, we can really do do a lot to, to make some to make some really meaningful changes and to, to impact our community too. It's very nice to have you on the show, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. That's uh, Ryan Gilbert there. He's the president of the Mackenzie RSA. He's 34. He uh, had several deployments, went through quite a period of uh, depression on what he saw. Sorry for uh, cutting okay. off the yellow. No it's uh, just one of those uh, those terrible self-tech things, isn't it? Uh, meanwhile, the quiche issue rolling in. Like all royals, Charlie would not want anything too strong or spicy or breath-stinking. It is a high-protein, nutritious yet light meal. Um, it's a very good option to have quiche as a coronation dish. So we talk about that. I can see in your face, Ellen, that you're not entirely uh, Eggs, convinced. you know, it's not uh, whether it affects your breath, but it does affect your body somewhere else. So it's uh, there is going to be something happening. Yeah. All right. And by the way, a lot of responses on whether you support or are against live animal exports. That's the big story today on the panel. It's been uh, part of this announcement by the National Party. They want to resume uh, live animal exports. Your thoughts, text 2101. Linda Hallinan, what's your IBT? Well, I have been thinking about how councils, um, you know, they do good work and then they take that good work away with their cost-cutting and revenue-gathering ideas. And I live on the boundary between Auckland and Hamilton. I see lots of visitors to my garden. They always ask for places to go south of Auckland. Are you there, Linda? We're having a few problems. Are, oh, there you go. I reckon the, the highlight of the Waikato. Oh, I've disappeared, have I? Yeah, How much no, did you get? Uh, not much. What's the highlight of the Waikato? Oh, I think the Hamilton Gardens. They're just spectacular. You know, they're the, they would be probably the, well, I would say by far, the best public gardens in New Zealand, which could be controversial to other regions. But they're really popular too. They've got these amazing gardens that they've built with all these international themes. And how they've pulled them off is, is pretty miraculous. Yeah. And they are so busy that over the Easter period, they had to shut the gates because they couldn't get any more people into the car park. And so now they've decided that because it's so popular with people outside of Auckland, oh, sorry, outside of Hamilton, that they should charge 20 bucks per person to get in. And it's to me, that just seems so short-sighted because every time I go there, I spend way more than 20 bucks in the Waikato um, just going to other businesses while you're there. And it's like, why would you create a world-class tourist destination and then basically lock the rest of the country out of it? Because 20 bucks is just too much these days for well, families on outings. It's, it's like going to Rainbow's End. You don't expect to go to Rainbow's End for free. <laughs> well, but the gardens... No, but, but equally... It, 
Yeah, gardens are there for everybody to benefit from, not just people who can afford it. Not, not twenty dollars though, not twenty, like a tenner maybe. Yeah, much. twenty dollars is too much. You can look in someone else's garden. Go down to the fancy <laughs> housing estates in Hamilton. <laughs> what's it? What's I can't remember the names, but have a look in it's, their garden. It's, it's not the same though, is it? Because well, it's not twenty dollars worth. <laughs> No, but it's really short-sighted if you think that you're bringing all of these people into your region to see. These are really big. You know, the big numbers go through those gardens, and you're going to literally you cut s- the tap off. You and sound those like people won't spend any money. You sound like just another complaining Aucklander who doesn't <laughs> want to um, uh, contribute to other regions' funds. That's what you sound like. Not at not at all, but also remember they're cutting the whole of the Waikato out of it too. It's only Hamilton residents oh. that are going to be allowed to go there free of charge. Interesting. So I just think it's really short-sighted and I can guarantee you that if they push this through, yeah. in a couple of years from now we'll be having this exact conversation in reverse where they have to withdraw it because no one's going. What's the date? The 9th, 9th of April. i hold you to that. Very good. Great IBT. All right, Alan McElroy. Mine is along the same lines. We've been travelling around doing an Irish and Scottish comedy tour around New Zealand. We're in Hamilton next week. Next week at can the it, Cook. Going to the gardens? Going to the gardens. Oh, of course I will, yeah. But I'm not paying in. You having a laugh? <laughs> but what I've been noticing, we've gone to places I didn't know existed. For example, Tamuka. I don't know if I said that correct. And while at that gig, there was an old man with one of those really strong handshakes. Uh, he was there for four hours before the gig just to watch the show he was great crack we, he was the last man dancing last person dancing on the floor uh, and there was people from the same area I'm from in Dublin in the front row so I want to know I, don't, I never knew of Tamuka how many other places are out there that uh, we'd like to bring the show to we have May and June booked up and we'd like to go to as, as many different random places that I've never okay, heard of before all right. small towns unite yeah love them who would like to see Ella McRoy in your town and some Irish and Scottish lads as well, and girls up there telling jokes and stories. Yes or no? Thames is a great small town. Thames, I did it. it, it Jordan, the, what's that uh, futuristic old thing called? Punk, steampunk. Steampunk. Did it for the paint. Oh, yeah. yes. is, is, that, is that not Ormaru? No, it was in, it was in okay. Thames, so I did All a right. gig. Yeah. Ellen McRoy and Linda Helen on the show this afternoon. Loving your company. The panel, RNZ National. Stay with us till 5 p.m.